We are tonight's entertainment. You can't handle the truth. The fire rises. Pizza time. You're a wizard, Harry. So it be. You know how much I sacrifice? You think that's air you're breathing? Groovy. I don't have friends. I got family. We Hi, Parth. You're looking well. Thank you. You're looking pretty good, too. We have a podcast. I'm we afraid. Do. I guess we start this off by, you know, uh, what we've been eating, but we both know what we've been eating. Because we ate it together. Parth, we had lunch. Call me crazy. I would never. And where was it? What was it? Tell tell the people at home. No, Trent, you tell the people, because I, I just told you off air. You should remember, right? So Parth's trying to embarrass me because I've... <sighs> Asked him like three or four times to remind me what the name of the restaurant was. And just off the air, I said, Parth, can you tell me what the name of what I ordered was? Because it was Asian fusion, and that's not really something I'm well-versed in. And um, I believe the restaurant was called Jin Soy. You got it. Uh, off, uh, off to a flying start. And uh, you wouldn't tell me the name of the dish. As well, I was I, saying that. I, all right, tell me. Well, Don't I, embarrass I, I, me any further. No, I wanted to embarrass you on air. And I wanted people like to know every that you didn't know. Week. Yeah, I can't help it if I know more. It's not my fault. Um, but I had the chili garlic chicken, and Trent, you shared a meal mm-hmm. with, with friend, friend of the, the show, show Jackson, Jackson Clark. Clark. Yeah, uh, where he had a vegetable gobi manchurian, and you had chili paneer. There you go. Um, yeah. And how was it? Did you like it? Absolutely. It was wonderful. Uh, yeah. Really, no no notes. Um, you said that it was like Indian parallel food? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, it is like Indian food. Like, it, it, chili paneer is like a well-known, like, it's a pretty common, it's like a weird Chinese-Indian fusion thing. You know? Well, now that we're all caught up on that. Um, should we get to the show now? This is yeah. the the grand finale of Scott Pilgrim Month, no? Mm, well, Wait. not the grand finale of the month. Wait, ne- but next week, like this interview is pretty cool. But, but this is, but week... this is, this is the grand finale of the interview portion of Scott Pilgrim. Cue the intro. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about movies each week. We talk about a film and hopefully have a crew member of the film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. Wow, Trent, you got that word for word. I'm proud of you, my boy. Well, yeah, thanks. Uh, I've been working on the show for several years now, so I'd hope I'd hope that I could do the introduction without the Google document up. But um, this is the uh, the conclusion, uh, the culmination of a almost two-hour interview. Um, this should tie up all the loose ends if you listen to part one and two. You've been uh, a little cliffhanger. I don't know where Parth uh, cut them, but hopefully it wasn't mid-sentence. But uh, we had some cool guests, and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, we had, just to reiterate, we had Oscar Wright, Edgar Wright's brother, Danelle Davenport, and Rob McCallum 
talking yeah. as storyboard artists on Scott Pilgrim. Um, and this one, we ask one Scott Pilgrim related question, and then we started asking them about all the other cool stuff they worked on, uh, which is like a lot they worked on collectively, like a lot of movies. Would you agree? I would agree. I was I was physically present for the interview, as far as yeah. I can tell. Um, but let's like, like this interview is pretty cool. But one well, Trent, we... how about how about how about we we do the we let the good people listen to the interview and then and we then tease out what's coming if next if they're kind enough to stay until the very end, like the last five minutes, then we could tell them what comes next week because I'd say there's yeah, a major there's announcement big. on the way. Yes. Something big coming. And it's that we're going to have a 14-year-old on our show. Who they're going to be? Trent, you can't say that. Who they're going to be, I'm not entitled to say, but they're a teenager and they're ready to talk. Scott talk. Yeah. Um, All right. Cue the interview. So I guess the last Scott Pilgrim related question we'll ask is um, Edgar Wright. I mean, obviously Oscar, he's your brother, so this might be a weird question, but it's just like, how does, how does he compare to other directors in terms of process or just working style or working or collaboratively with the storyboard artists? I'll let you guys know this. I'll let Danielle do Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Edgar is like um, just amazing um, director to work with, and he's very um, inclusive. He really values your input, your work, and he's um, yeah. It's really always, I always feel really privileged when I have a chance to work with him um, because I also learn a lot too. You know, he, um, and each project is so different. Um, and again, and it's every director, like every project is different and they have their different ways of working and their different processes. And, uh, you know, you just have to be really adaptable to, because they're also changing to the needs of their project too. Edgar can be, um, like he, he'll, some directors don't plan anything out. Edgar really has a clear vision. Most of the time it seems to me going into something and, um, he's really good at giving you the information that you need to, you know, kind of, kind of, turn out the product that that they can use and um, so he's really pretty good about giving you thumbnails and um you know he has a kind of a vision for the scene before it's you even sit down to do it so it makes the job really really um really fun in a lot of ways um so um yeah but he's also open to you know um suggestions you know um i'm trying to think of you know, like on, on Baby Driver, there was a little bit more of that because it, there wasn't a um, a book in hand to follow, kind of this roadmap that the, the, the um, Scott Pilgrim uh, the comics had set out and had set up. So he, you know, when you're doing a lot of driving shots and a lot of stunts, there's a lot of unknowns as you start to go into it and start to unpack what is this actually going to look like. Once you start getting things on page. On the page, that's when you start to see these things might be able to be moved around or might be able to be manipulated. Um, and he's open to hearing all that stuff, too. He wants to hear that, too. So, yeah. Well, from, from my side of it, um, I I didn't really have that much to do with Edgar because basically because Oscar had been around, you know, on it for so long, and he's Edgar's brother, um, 
he he was much more kind of because I, I was coming into it and I was there was a lot of catching up to do for, as far as I was concerned on it. Usually I'll just work with the director, but because I was kind of coming in and of uh, initially as kind of support cast, you know, job. Um, I I mean I, I saw it a few times, but most of the information that would uh, that that I'd be told to do was stuff that Oscar had had gone to the meetings for and stuff. So I uh, I actually didn't have, professionally didn't have that much to do with Edgar because all my information came from Oscar. Which I would say is, uh, you know, I'm like the translator for a lot of people or the, the, the through line to Edgar when Edgar's not available. <laughs> you know, that's... Yeah, and it's, so, it's, it, makes, it makes perfect sense, though, yeah. um, in, in the context of this. Usually... Um, and I've worked on films where uh, you know you, you spend so much time with the director and you're hanging out and you're eating together and and I've had other films where the I'm not going to say what film it was but the director uh, walked by my desk and he goes are you doing storyboards and I went yeah and he went nice and walked away because I wasn't really working with the director on that one I was working for second unit doing the stunts on that one so that was that was fine that was allowed. But um, <laughs> I mean, that's not looking at. Oh, that's terrible! It wasn't terrible. I was working for second unit stunt people. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's basically it's it's good to keep information the information flow clear and clean because you can get an awful it can get awfully confusing otherwise. Um, because, you know, sometimes someone will say something to one person and another thing to another person and forget that they've said that to one person. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, obviously for me, I mean, uh, I, I realise it's been a... Um, it's been a joy working for... I mean, it's not always been easy. We've we've banged heads a few times, but the, the shorthand that we've... We had shorthand anyway, I think, just because... Um, of our history growing up together, but we, but over the years and over the projects, um, more of a shorthand is, is you know, has um, has been created and uh, a trust as well. Um, and I think Scott Pilgrim is when uh, I felt like I was trusted to, to you know to take a, a lot on and to sort of uh guide things through and and it it really helped i i could see c- quite clearly how i was useful you know um in, in not just in our department i mean rob uh, but yeah throughout the whole all of the post stuff there was a lot of post stuff to do but it um in that art department that there, there was a cohesive vision that I think uh, I helped uh, Marcus our production designer get that across to everybody as well it it became a proper little unit didn't it the the art department was very uh, you know every everybody everybody was getting really excited about it and it took a while it wasn't instant but you sort of built up this momentum and, and people were getting really excited about the prospects of this might actually work, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and uh, 
and that was brilliant to be involved with. And subsequently, on you know, prior to that, obviously there was um, Sean Dillon Hot Fuzz, but you Scott Pilgrim was where I had a lot more to do, and and it was, um, yeah, it, it was incredibly. I I felt incredibly useful just being a. Um, like a bridge to Edgar's brain sort of thing, like a fast track to Edgar's brain for other people who couldn't, because Edgar was being pulled in every direction, as you can imagine. He had so much to deal with. So when people wanted a creative answer quickly, um, I was there. So that that was really handy. Uh, it, it got, it, I, it just, like Rob said, there was a, there was a through line of information. And it, and that's, as a, as a storyboard artist, that's gold. If you've got information on yeah. how the other departments are, uh, like, you know, making their decisions, and that's all you want. You want the, you you want as much information as possible so you can tell the story properly. You know, that's that's ultimately it. And you achieve the vision. If there's a clear vision, you want to achieve that vision. And and that's uh, and, and we we were all on board to, you know, achieve Edgar's vision. So it was. Yeah, um, and in terms of other films, uh, uh, yeah, I've had uh, great fortune with with Edgar, um, and obviously working on films outside Edgar's films, it's not quite the same. But I've had great experiences there too. But it's uh, you know, the, it, obviously me being Edgar's brother has afforded me a lot of opportunities that you know um, just. In, in terms of that trust and the uh, the shorthand, you know, and being in the art department on his films is is just enormous fun and very very rewarding, I would say. So we're on the home stretch. So for our uh, respective questions, just since we're running a bit long, we think we thought we'd do a rapid fire. So we'll name uh, a few. <laughs> We'll we'll name a few of your movies and then you pick one that to uh, to comment on. Uh, Rob, uh, okay. your choices are it, Suicide Squad, or Pacific Rim. Um, I'll go for Pacific Rim. Um, Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah, that that was that was it was mind blowingly cool. Um, I've met Guillermo. Um, before he was doing Hellboy 2 um, and he, he asked me to work on Hellboy 2 but my daughter was uh, going to be born and I, and I didn't, I, I wasn't able to leave the country to go and work on that so that passed by but then I got a call um, saying that uh, from Carol Spear the production designer saying that he was going to be doing Mountains of Madness and the Mountains of Madness, the H.P. Lovecraft one um, and did I want a uh, the the concept or a concept job on that because he, he he has a lot of concept artists, um and then that went away that went whatever happened for whatever reason that went down and then about the next week I think this the same studios um Pacific Rim came and I got a I got a call for that so I ended up um yeah I was on that for a good long time and possibly one of the most complicated um, films I've ever worked on as far as, uh, you know, the technology go. I mean, ILM were involved and 
there was there was all these animatics being done um and then because thing i think i don't know if things were changing so quickly but it was just it was easier to do board dramatics where you got the storyboards and they were they were animated and put in you know sound effects were added and stuff like that and it was able to be turned around faster for changes or something i think that was why but um now working for guillermo was great it was uh you had basically it gave us all a talk because it wasn't just me there was like uh i was the one initially doing boards um and then there was guy davis francisco who's worked worked with guillermo a lot both of them um i'm I'm going to miss people i'm terribly sorry if i forget to add people but there were so many people that we had an entire wing of uh pinewood studios just full of guillermo and his artists there was uh Carlos and oh goodness, I feel terrible. Okay, I'm not going to say any names. There was a bunch of guys because I'm going to miss somebody out and I feel bad about it. But, um, but there was like ten of us in one room at one point. I was sitting beside Wayne Barlow and uh, Ty Ruben Ellison was on there, and it was like these these are guys whose work I have seen for years. And Guy Davis, I was a huge fan of his work. Um, and then you're sitting just you know, getting to become friends with them and. Guillermo gave us a big talk saying, uh, you know, welcome to the project and stuff and um, give me what I want first. And then if you get any ideas, absolutely, you know, do that. So, yeah, that, so that, that was a good way of working because you knew that you knew that you were giving him what he wanted. And then if there was any other ideas, it's like, a, it's like a, a director said to me once, the good ideas are mine, the bad ideas are mm. yours. So you end up, um, and it was it was it was a long, long, thorough job, um, but especially as uh, as we were kind of animating the boards, I, I found that I was I was doing like a, a step more than I would have done in the storytelling visually, because you know you you do somebody pulling back and then you know usually do a robot pulling back and then punching so you see the effect of that. But then you had to basically draw a panel in between. I'm acting this out. You won't see this. <laughs> but, um, you did an in-between just before the point of contact so that when it was animated, you would actually see it. You know, a very rough animatic. But um, going going down to set and seeing the, the, the giant... Um, you, uh, the giant robot heads and stuff like that was just incredible to see because it's these hugely complicated hydraulic robots and stuff and oh yeah it was it was, it was quite a lot <laughs> it was quite the experience we're just getting to turn up at a job and go right I am today I am drawing this monster fighting this yeah. robot <laughs> and it's like this isn't going to happen you know this this is this is wild you know and uh like the the drawing sequences we all we always went big um and we were well aware that we were probably just you know, we were becoming the script for these fights at some points, you know. Were you involved um, with the um, Hong Kong fight? No. The, um, no, I didn't do I didn't do the Hong Kong fight, but I think I did suggest the using the boat as a club. Oh, well done. I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I'd suggested using a, 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 a submarine as a club for the end fight underwater. Um, and then a boat turned up in the Hong Kong. I don't know. 
It may just have been two people having the same idea, but you know. Well, it, um, it got to be on screen, so that was it. Was... Yeah, no, I was. It was brilliant in the film. I did. I did the opening with the knife head. Um, oh, and I did the finale, and I did the, the the big finale with the them going underwater, which looks. I mean, the, it's not often you get to see a film where the storyboards look exactly like what you see on screen. Because there's usually a wee bit, of, and actually Scott Pilgrim is one of those ones where yeah. it's like yep, exactly as boarded, completely. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not normal, boarded. is it? No. It's not normal because you know there's things happen on set. There's have ideas and stuff like that, and um, yeah, no, just just about everything. Although with the the end sequence, that was when I boarded it, it was absolutely huge. Absolutely huge, and there was there was stuff happened that that didn't make it into the final film, and that actually more than makes sense because it was, you know, you you, you get the character's goal is to you know put the bomb into the into the breach and seal the breach, and that's it. And then there was all this other stuff, which really was quite distracting from the. <laughs> from the, the kind of the goals of the characters at the time. But it was a huge, big, huge action sequence. Um, but uh, most most of it was exactly as boarded. And then the other stuff that wasn't filmed was like these crazy, huge, distracting action sequences that didn't... Which um, were, I think, my idea. But <laughs> that was some of the ideas that I threw in there. Um but yeah, no, it was so yeah, and, and working work, working with Guillermo was something I'd always wanted to do, um, and uh, and seeing how he works and 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 yeah, just getting to work with him was very cool. Uh, Danelle, your choices are First Man, Shang Chi, Ant Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Little Women. So quite quite the pick of the litter. Well, maybe I'll talk about. Uh, I'll say really quickly. I guess I'll, I'll pick First Man um, just because. Um, I really, I, 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 my favorite movies to work on tend to be ones that I've learned something on, you know, um, and I love Shang-Chi. I mean, I want to talk about Shang-Chi cause I know everybody wants to hear about that. Um, but, but I, 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 um, first man, it was just such an interesting project to work on. I learned so much about the space program, um, mm-hmm. in the sixties. I thought I knew, uh, about it, but I really didn't understand the, the the personal story behind the the individuals that were the test pilots and the astronauts and things like that. And I think that, you know, you know, Damien had um, you know a vision to try to really tell that personal story, and he really really succeeded in doing that. And um, it, and it was kind of very emotionally fraught in a lot of ways because it's part of our all of our history. And I remember. One of the scenes that really stuck out to me was um, two scenes. One was when um, the three guys, Chaffee, Chisholm, and White, get you know the the during the plugs out test, the capsule catches on fire and they're, they're killed. And um, I literally had to you know I was trying to figure out what this would look like and um, and I just was really aware that you know the flames would be a certain color depending on what was burning it in that cockpit. And I had to research what was burning in that cockpit and why that cockpit burned the way it did, that capsule burned the way it did. And it was kind of, um, you know, it's when something's real history like that and it's a part of our history of our country and 
and you're in that moment and you're in in the in the story because you're working on the movie um it was really um just a really moving uh story to work on and and I just got very kind of emotionally involved in it, oddly enough, which I don't really do. I have fun on these movies a lot of time, but not in the same way that I did on First Man. And, um, and I, you know, I had to, you know, when you learn that, oh, the reason why that burned it is because they had, they had oxygen, they were locked in there. They had oxygen flowing into those guys. And there was all these nylon fittings in there that went up like that as soon as the oxygen caught on fire. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, was just very interesting, you know, and I, but it also, um, you know, I really had a good time also doing, um, the scene where he ejects out of the, the lunar lander, the test vehicle. And, uh, I didn't realize that they had, had to test all those things on planet earth under different, you know, conditions of gravity. Um, and, uh, just, uh, it was just really interesting learning how, you know, he's got it. What, you know, one of the things I learned on that, I always thought, oh, why don't they put a parachute on every person who gets on a commercial aircraft? You know, if the plane starts to go down, the pilot can hit a button. You could peel back the top of that like a sardine can. Everybody could hit the eject button on their seat. Boof, we'd all fine. We'd float down to the ground safely. No. <laughs> what I realized, one of the last things in the world you want to do is to eject from a moving aircraft. Um, just how dangerous that is. Um, you can, if you're going a certain velocity, you know, I don't, terrible, terrible things will happen to an individual who ejects out of an aircraft, you know? And, um, so like he had to be, you know, facing that, that lunar lander had to be, you know, positioned a certain way from earth for him to eject out, or he'd be ejecting into the earth. And, you know, so, you know, I learned a huge amount and I turned, turns out, you know, I'm a huge space tech nerd. And, um, yeah, that I just I loved every minute of working on that first man. I think you've just taught us a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eject out of a moving aircraft unless absolutely necessary. Don't want to end up like yeah, goose. Your skin will get peeled <laughs> yeah, off. I was thinking goose yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's less gravity in uh, Top Gun, as far as I recall. Like, you know what I mean? It's Top like- Gun operates on its own set of physical laws. Yeah, exactly. It's a palooza. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, and Oscar, to close this out, uh, your options are Last Night in Soho. Um, according to IMDb, you appeared as a stormtrooper in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, Wonder Woman, Baby Driver, uh, or the Cornetto, the Cornetto trilogy? Okay, I'll, I'll quickly run through. So, a little correction. I was in Last Jedi, but not as a stormtrooper. I was a rebel. Oh. Both me and me and my brother were rebels, um, and uh, along with um, Edgar's producer uh, um, and assistant um, Leo and Joe Cornish as well, and uh, we were all in the same scene as rebels, all in rebel gear, and it was in the cavern at the end, and we shared a scene with. Um, Were you with Gareth Edwards? No, no, oh. that was another. That was the scene outside. That was in the battle okay. outside. We were inside, and we were in a talking a scene where C three PO and R two. No, it's C three PO and BBA. I think R two D. Yeah, R two D two wasn't there. I don't think, or was he? He may have been there. 
And uh, but it was Oscar Isaac and um, uh, John Boyega, and just see, just witnessing all that was was it was just a day of utter joy, just running around Palmer Studios. Um, meant to be, we were, we weren't meant to be running around. Um, but we were going to all these departments and seeing all the, and we were in full rebel gear, <laughs> and we had we got to choose our guns, and we got to like, and it's just like, you know, you don't get to do that much. It's hard to not act like a kid when you're holding a blaster, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just, it was just delirious fun. Um, you know, you're transported. You're a twelve-year-old again, basically. But quickly, uh, Wonder Woman. I had a great time with uh, Patty Jenkins. Uh, it was a totally different experience to what I'm used to. Um, I didn't actually feel like I helped out on that film a great deal. I, d- I don't think I was actually that much use on it. But I had a good uh, working relationship with her. And she did teach me a few things. There's a few things that I, um, we got to talk about. We we were talking about things very frankly throughout the whole film. And I got to see things that I didn't think would work. And she proved me wrong. And I got to tell, I've met her since. And I got to tell her that as well. I said, I, I owe you an apology because I, I didn't think that would work. And you made it work. So, you know, I, 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 learned, uh, I learned a few things from her. But I, I will say, just because it's so fresh and just because we're all so proud of it, is Last Night in Soho uh, an, an immense amount of uh, creative joy on that movie, you know, bringing that to, you know, to making Edgar's vision a reality was a, it was a big deal. There was a lot of hurdles, a uh, lot, but so much creative um, juices flowing on that one, I, I would say. And, yeah, the whole crew. I mean, I, I would say one of my one of my favourite memories this year actually um, is uh, the cast and crew screening, and you know, because we had to wait a long time. But obviously, I was during lockdown. We were like completing that movie over Zoom. You know, we we were um, seeing all the VFX uh, come to life when you know it was like a skeleton crew you know the uh, the vfx team you know it, this was when everything had broken right down and we'd done our reshoots on it and they worked out really well and i think we were we were one of the first productions to get up and running we on pinewood we there were pinewood is usually full of star wars full of marvel films and the only, and it's a huge site, and the only two films that were happening was us doing our reshoots for Last Night in Soho and uh, the the latest Jurassic World movie. And we were the only two things in this entire, you know, in this entire studio happening. And that was a very strange experience, but really good, a good one. All the restrictions made it actually move faster we all thought it would be slower but because it was so regimented and there was no hanging around and like you know you know we all had to be very very focused about what we were doing and it it went by we you know we got everything we wanted to get which was fantastic and then it was vfx after that but you know cut to the 
um, Carson Cruz screening after such a long wait and, you know, everybody had done films in between and stuff, which is usually the case with Carson Cruz screenings. But I, I just remember seeing everybody come out of that Carson Cruz screening and it was, you know, just uh, beaming faces. It was people just beaming with pride. They were all so proud of... Because I think what Edgar manages to do, and I think Robin Donnell will attest to this, is one thing Edgar manages to get is um, all the craft up there on the screen. Like everybody's hard work is up there on the screen, and it you can you recognise it all. You know, every, everybody feels like they've done their job on that movie, and I think you'd agree, wouldn't you, guys, with that? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, uh, and yeah, that was one of my sort of you know most cherished moments was just seeing the whole crew's faces coming out, you know, just beaming with pride. You know, it was, it was fantastic. Um, which can't be said for all films. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that was that was very special. Parth, is it awesome? Trent? Do you think it's? Parth, do you think- is it time? Uh, it's time for our big kahuna final question. <laughs> uh, so I don't know who would like to start, but uh, we ask all of our guests at the end of the interview what the last great movie they watched was. Not good. Great. Great. Okay, I think I, I, think I know that my answer is going to be the same as Oscar's. Okay, we're talking. What's the criteria here? We're talking new movies, like no, like it, recent. Movies. It can be anything, and if you rewatch Scott Pilgrim for the interview, maybe we don't count that. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. But the last one is in time. Okay. Well, probably, probably the, the new June. Oh, no, really that's great. That. Yeah, and that, and that's just basically because I just watched it very very recently. <laughs> um, there are other great movies I've seen. The only the I saw last night in Soho. Um, and I thought I, I loved it, absolutely loved it. But I saw June just after, so it has to be that. <laughs> Danelle, anything coming to mind for you? Um, gosh, you know, I, 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 there's so, so many that I really love, and um, well, I did just see last night's solo, <laughs> which I really love. Really sucking. Um, yeah, I know, she right? She hated it. She hated it. <laughs> but I, I just thought, no, no, I sound like right But I saw, I saw it uh, uh, Monday, um, and that's the one that's most fresh in my mind. But the the other, um, um, I can't. Really we, we've had that. some really talented people come on here and literally be here for ten minutes because they're like, I have no clue what I just watched. I'm so busy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I, I just, uh, I, here, you can circle back to me. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll um, agree with Rob. Uh, June was staggering to me to see on the big screen. Interestingly, the latest, the last film I've watched, literally the last film I've watched, me and uh, my wife and I, um, because she hadn't seen it, and I wanted to see it again, uh, is the original West Side Story. Whoa. We watched that. And it, it's astonishing, that film. That is a, an incredible film. 
And I can't wait to see Spielberg's one. I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait. I, I've heard. Um, I've heard good things. But I'll yeah, also, I, I really, really can't wait to see it's it. It's an unenviable task to remake that good of a movie from fifty years ago. But if anyone can do it, it's Uncle Steve. You know. And yeah, no, I totally agree. And he's wanted to do it by all accounts. It, you know, you've heard that he's wanted to do it for a long, long time. And by all accounts, yeah. that shows is like he's had the way he's going to do this down, you know, um, for a long time. And it, and it, I've heard that it's just full of that creative energy that, you know, is, you know, it, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. You can, you recognize creative energy. You can see it, uh, you know, when someone's got a fire in their belly and, you know, it's up there on the screen. And I think, I think June comes out of that as well. You can see that, this guy has been thinking about this for a long time <laughs> and how to do this, and it shows. And uh, yeah, I, I put it up there with for for sheer visual, like astoundingness, and you know, and I'm talking about seeing it on the cinema where it really knocks you for six. For me, June is up there with um, in recent years. Uh, Spider-Verse, which knocks you for six. Um, Spider-Verse absolutely blew me away. And prior to that, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, Fury Road just, you know, floors you with its creativity. And same again with uh, Spider-Verse. And for June, yeah, I was I was blown away that he managed to make a, a very convoluted you know, um, heavy sci-fi story, you know, quite narratively simple. Uh, but the, the the sheer scale that he managed to get across on the screen and just to make you in awe of every, you know, really, you know, non-action visuals that just floor you. You just say, you know, I, I just remember being totally blown away by Paul Atreides and uh, his mother walking across the tarmac of that the um, yeah where where they all landed the the um, um, on Arrakis for the uh, for the first time and just then walking across the the run the, the runway the tarmac basically uh, and the scale of everything in the background and just the it was one of the most beautiful shots in the movie and it's like it is. It's just the compositions and the scale he achieved, and the the, the beauty of the shot, you know. And it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, this is cinema. That's pure cinema, you know. Yeah. So yeah, Danella, did you get anything? Did anything well, jog your memory? Yeah, sorry. It was just as a nod to Shang Chi, I guess. <laughs> I, you know, I gotta get that in there. Um, I did uh, watch a lot of martial arts movies um, for to in, for prepping that you know for doing the fight scenes and things like that, and I rewatched um, you know, Crouching Tiger and Hidden Dragon and um, House of Flying Daggers, yes. which you know mm-hmm. blew me away visually. I just you know they just just blew me away, and I absolutely loved them. And I also I also the thing I learned I always learned one thing from each movie I work on, and one is like. I love Jackie Chan. Yeah. That's what I took away. I think I saw every Jackie Chan movie uh, ever made. Jackie Chan's the man. Yeah. Yeah. 
But um, but yeah, I I, had, I hadn't seen um, House of Flying Daggers, and when I watched it, I just it's just so visually stunning. It's just amazing. Out of interest, yeah. which Jackie Chan films did you watch in preparation, or or, or oh. your favorites for you know? Oh, my favorites. You know, I surprisingly, I am a big fan of the original um, Karate Kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, the original, yeah. And I hadn't seen it, and I watched it for this, you know, and I actually really loved it. Are um, you talking the... The, the remake with... Oh, um, with Jackie Chan, Jaden yeah. Smith. With Jaden Smith. Yeah, yeah, he's in that. Nice. Yeah. Jackie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've got... Um, I love... I'm, you're going to give... I'm going to have to tell you all my guilty pleasures, like High Noon, <laughs> you know, a Rush Hour... Yes. Rush Hour Two, which is we, uh, uh, you know, uh, oh, sh- sh- sorry, Shanghai, Shanghai Noon, Shanghai. Noon. Um, you know, Shanghai Noon's um, great fun. The great fun. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. So I'm a huge fan um, of Police Story. That was one. Of I, was, I was just going to ask, out of interest, do you know if Police Story was like? I feel like the stuff on the bus is kind of clearly yeah, and yeah. Shang Chi taken from well, Police Story. I don't. I don't know. I'm not privy to that information. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, if if you're a, God, that's if you're a Jackie Chan film, watch Police Story. It's I I think I've, I I don't want to speak out of turn, but uh, I think that's that's me and my brother's favorite, and we we said that to I think Brad Allen asked us what was our favorite because he's from Jackie Chan, Chan stunting. And he asked us mm. what our favorite Jackie Chan was, and we both said Police Story. And I've got a soft spot for Project A as well. But Police Story, and Brad, I remember Brad just nodding his head and saying, That's Jackie's too. And it's, 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 I think that's Jackie's favorite too. So <laughs> it's too good. It's, it, yeah, it's just, it, I, and that's another thing, you know, it's, it's that creative vision. It's clear. Jackie Chan is all over those movies, and it, you know it's his vision. And my God, you know it's so. It's so <laughs> they're just incredible movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, Parth, you want to bring us out? Yeah. No. Uh, wow. This is this has been a, a wonderful long time. This is, I think, the longest interview <laughs> we've ever done. Uh, it was all all great, though. Um, thank you so much to all of our guests. Uh, Rob McCallum, Danelle Davenport, and Oscar Wright for joining us and talking about their time on Scott Pilgrim, among other awesome, amazing movies. Uh, thank you guys so much. This is this has really been awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been nice to have an excuse to go down memory lane. <laughs> yes, yeah, fun. Hey Trent, wasn't that what well, uh, that interview? We finished it. We did it. Best month long interview ever. It only took a month. One month long interview. Yeah, Trent. Trent's a little annoyed with me because I said something pretty rude to him that you yeah, listeners you will never know about. No, tell them what you said. Um, like, take the names out of the equation, but no, tell them what you said. Uh, well, Trent was talking about a certain person that he and I collectively know mm-hmm. and was saying that uh, he had previously at lunch been making fun of him 
uh, him and friend of the show Jackson Clark and saying that he was painfully boring. And uh, he he alluded to the fact that he said that again just now. And um, I said that he was being mean and that he was not that bad. And it could not possibly have been that bad. Uh, because I have also run into uh, the said individual yeah. uh, on the street and had to talk to them. And they were perfectly fine. Not like my favorite person or something, but like very nice. And uh, he said oh, the best five minutes of your life, huh? And I was like, yeah, certainly better than talking with you. And he said that if we weren't recording, he would have left the call. Because that's kind of like my shtick, is whenever you say something like mildly annoying, I can just hang up. Yeah. It's a nice card to have in my back pocket. And then I have to send you an apology text like 30 minutes later. It, uh, yeah, you don't you don't send me the apology texts anymore, but uh, like whenever I tell Trent like things he should be doing more in his life... Like, he, he often just, like, leaves because he's like, Parth, you don't get to tell me that. You don't get to be right. And now Trent's, like, really? You guys can't see it, but Trent's, like, really uncomfortable and annoyed looking at me. Um, but that's okay because I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him a great honor. Gonna, and the honor I'm going to give him is the ability to say, who's coming? Who is it? We're having the big guy. On wow, who is that? Who's the big guy? He's the biggest guy I know, um, and that is local teen Viraj Marate. Wow. Um, of what what high school does he go to? Br- Bridgewater. Of well, he doesn't Bridgewater. go to he doesn't go to high school though. He goes to Bridgewater Raritan Middle School. Of Bridgewater Raritan Middle School. Wow, we we got a middle schooler on our show, dude. We scored a middle schooler. Yeah. No, we're pretty awesome. But he's um, old for his grade. Technically, he should be in oh, high school. Well, that's so, a relief. It's kind of basically almost a high schooler on the show. Yeah, remember when we started the show and Viraj said if we ever did Scott Pilgrim, he had to be on the show, our show. Craft well, like, he didn't really say that. Podcast. I kind of like, I kinda, he, he kind of was like, I don't know, that'd be kind of cool. And I was like, you know, we're getting you on. Wait, I thought he was more enthusiastic about it. Is this your doing? It's like, like, he wanted to be on the show. And I said, yeah, no, he'll be on. Tate wants to be on, but she texted me the other day, and she was like, watching The Mandalorian, it's really good, I should talk about it on your show, Trent, and I was like... This is Trent's sister, by the way. I was like, I, I, do you think we're a TV podcast, or we're not? not. I was like, I was like, pick a movie, and we can talk about it, but... You know? But Faraj, Faraj chose wisely. Faraj chose a movie, and a good movie, a movie we like to talk about. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. I feel like this is the most like fun movie we've talked about in like a while. Um, when was the last time you had fun on this show? Ooh, wow! A long, a really, long, really long, making long me go ago. back. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm gonna have to. Wow, <laughs> take our inch. We started when 2020. That was a pretty um, great year. Um, yeah, it was 2020. Wow. I'm looking at our episode list, trying to drum up fond memories. Wait, wait! On, 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 on January 2nd um, of 2022, I had fun. Star Wars The oh, Revenge of the yeah, Sith? For, yeah. yeah. That was, but, well, but, we, we recorded that on my mother's birthday, December 20th, 2021. Okay, so that clears up. I haven't had fun the whole year then. Yeah, no. 2022 wait, not, sucks. Not, not until the big guy comes on the show. Yeah, I We're think gonna that's really christen. gonna that's really gonna spark that's gonna spark something in me. 
it's gonna that's pretty you know, awesome uh release my inner child like Virage, a child mm-hmm. who is coming on our show yeah a middle schooler yeah we scored a middle schooler all right uh if you can give us a good rating on apple podcasts and leave us you know nice words that'd be nice if you can give us five stars on spotify that'd be great to see uh please follow our instagram our twitter we post updates about what's coming out every week you know it's a good time you should follow it nice good sales pitch parth thank you uh hope everyone liked parth's new intro Way to go, Parth. Yeah. No, yeah. Edited uh, by Parth Marate. It is, and next week we'll be hearing yours. Yeah. Um, we'll see about that. And then what? the fans... And the, no, no. Yeah, no. Like, I'm down. Uh, but, and then the fans can choose Team Trent or Team Parth. Oh, yeah. We probably should. Oh, maybe we'll make, like, a little thing on Instagram. Put out a little poll. Like, a, like we'll, we'll like, uh, create, like, a clip. As if we need further division, you know? I know. It's like civil war in here, you know? It's tense at all times. All right. I'm ready. I'm calling it. You're I don't want to deal it. with you anymore. Parthen. I literally hate you. Like, I would rather talk to Person X. Part, don't do this, please. No. I'm no. just kidding, Twent. My- Twent, I'm just kidding. You know that I love you. My skin. It's burning. You're a big guy. For you. Parth, can you edit in an explosion? Uh, When? Right now. Oh, yeah, wait. Here. Just to end the episode. Can it be a nuclear bomb? Sure. Can we, do you think we can time it so that we can scream and then the episode can end? Ready? Ah, ah, oh, oh, my skin. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. I'm in so much pain. Oh, wait. It's interesting how the bomb hit me so much earlier than you. <laughs> like, it took a long time to get to you. It was the fallout. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Wait, does this mean we survived? Or maybe maybe this is what heaven is like. It's, it's hosting a weekly film podcast. Part of that's not heaven. I don't know what it is. And with that... We go out. We're gonna get copyrighted. <laughs> Are you ready for this? <laughs> Wait, Parth, can you edit in that song? Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> Perfect. Alright, thanks. Bye, bye, guys. Services.